From Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning, focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio. That's me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Hour. Indeed, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And we're glad to be looking across the table at Julie Sly, the what, what, the executive editor, we're going to give you a fancy title, the Bob, editor. How many years have we been doing this show? <laughs> many. <laughs> the editor of the Catholic Herald Just Magazine. editor. I like to keep it low E. Yes. Just editor. Yes. Well, editor with a capital E. I Yes. Yes. Very good. <laughs> how long have you been the editor of the Catholic uh, Well, this magazine, 12 years. 12? Yeah. July 2010. Yeah. Long it's been Earth that week. long that the magazine, you know, if, if somebody, yeah. you know, stopped me on a street and said, if you get the right answer here, I'll give you a million dollars <laughs> and said, when did the Catholic Herald start publishing a magazine? I probably would have said, oh, five or six years ago. No, what, I think uh, I counted you... up a few months ago and I'd done like 70 magazines wow. without being ill. Well, yeah, I think so. That's pretty good record. Well, it was it wasn't yeah. controversial at the time, but it was debatable. It was you know there was do we stay with the the newsprint oh, edition yeah. or do we yeah do we go to the but now edition? so many dioceses have gone to a magazine mm-hmm. it's hardly a controversy anymore. Is that and all some through the just same gone people? Digital. Mm-hmm. Some, um, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, a lot of them are with faith. Yeah, mm-hmm. some are doing it on their own. On their own. Yeah. Is there another organization that's got more than one is, is trying to do what uh, no, the Catholic not is really. doing. Yeah. No. And we've had some just close. Of course, um, Hatlet New York, which was bi-weekly, they assigned it all digital. Really? Yes. They just are doing their last. It's probably already in print that was for a, November. Uh, you know, of course, it's a, it's got a lot of Catholics, but it, yeah. that was an ambitious uh, yeah. venture. Yeah. But the, um, all digital. Interesting. And that, so the only newspaper in that tablet will be the Brooklyn tablet, which is also in cooperation, I think, with DeSales Media. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you really have to be doing it all, you know. But it's really been proven that the print product, I mean, in fact, someone, our CEO of Faith Catholic, Elizabeth Solzberg, sent something out today about that she had just gotten this huge... Um, Christmas catalog in the mail from mm-hmm. Amazon. Mm-hmm. I forget what it's called, but mm-hmm. it has all their holiday stuff. I don't buy very much from Amazon, so I wouldn't get it. But and, and her point um, was being that her point print. was even Amazon would be sending you this big printed right. publication, even though you think of Amazon as all Online. as never sending you sure. anything printed except the label on your package. Right. So even that kind of proves. And also, we don't really have any, um, well, we have some data from some surveys and things like that, but we don't have any data that overwhelmingly shows that people self-select Catholics or non-Catholics going to Catholic-sponsored digital media. Right. You know, you're still... Not, I mean, it still has to, unless you were getting, unless we emailed out to everyone who's getting this magazine printed, which we don't have everybody's emails, we have their addresses, but they would still have to click on the email. And if we know only about 25 or 30 percent of emails are opened, that would be high. Right. You know, especially unsolicited. Emails. Yeah, yeah. If you didn't know who it was coming from, it would be way lower. Like, like you know, uh, a lot of major newspapers now, people think you get them online for free. Very few. Most of them have a paywall now, or maybe oh, yeah. they give you a couple of free ones, and then uh, yes. But if you subscribe to it, like you uh, live in California, but you're from Montana, and so you're subscribing sure. to the... Or you, I want to see the Washington Post. Or the or Washington Post, or the New York Times are probably the, the two prominent ones. Or, or maybe you're you still... I uh, I subscribe to the Oregonian because I used yeah. to... Uh, from, because from you're Portland. crazy about Oregon. Exactly. Yeah. I'm crazy <laughs> about Oregon. So, so I look for it. 
Yes. But if they were just sending it to me unsolicited, eh, maybe if, if they had some juicy headline or something, you might right. you might open it. But right. So how was it, I think Catholic New York? How were they distributing the print edition? Was it by? I think it was mailed. I'm, I'd have to look, Matt, but I think it was mailed. But, you know, the mail costs are very, I mean, our mail costs are going up. And printing Printing costs. is really going up. The advantage of us dealing with Faith Catholic is we are combined at Hout at one printer, which is right. a big Hout. Right. Although I can't say we're at one printer. We might, Maybe the 50-plus magazines are spread out right. among two or three printers. I'm not sure. Right. But, um, yeah, we've only recently had an increase in the 60-pound paper, which is very mm-hmm. unusual for us not to have an increase in 11 years. Right. You know, I can't think of any I can't think of any other household item or anything. Well, you maybe, maybe, I mean, I know. But um, we're doing a big volume yeah, of printing. I know as a lifelong journalist, uh, hearing from people on the business side, about the cost of newsprint uh, every year, every year. I don't hear that so much. Yeah. It could be that so many newspapers have cut back and so many right. newspapers have lost circulation Yes, that uh, newsprint is not as scarce as it was. <laughs> and maybe they've had to cut their price. Too. Yeah. yeah, it's true. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, and then we have also um, the U.S. Bishops have decided to um, and their sponsorship of Catholic News Service right. at the end of this year. Right. They will still have a Rome Bureau that will distribute news for free. Now, our Sunday visitor in Fort Wayne or Huntington, Indiana, they bought Catholic News Service or most. So they're in it, but I have no idea what their rates are going to so be or anything. Are going to be the same journalists? Uh, no, all the Catholic News Service staff is being laid off. But but yeah, is our Sunday visitor trying to pick up the slack? If, if uh, you will? sort of. Yeah, they've so hired some they people from CNS. People. Okay. Other people are retiring. Other people are going to other are they, jobs. Are they still going to call it CNS? Uh, they took over the website, so the website will still be CatholicNews.com. They essentially bought everything, but they had employee. All the staff. Right. And right. some people were near retirement age and things like that. So, so people are going off and doing different things. Catholic News Service, of course, was an official arm of the USCCB. Yes. Will our Sunday visitor with Catholic News Service be an official arm? No. Of the, it will not be. No, just right. the Rome Bureau, USCCB. Right. Although I understand OSV News will be distributing the stories from. But honestly, we haven't belonged to Catholic News Service since we did the magazine. Right. We I, don't I, I really have... have any room for things to be timely. The only thing we could do would be feeding it into our website. Yeah, I, I but, have relied on and enjoyed Catholic News Service for years. Uh, check it regularly. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean you read everything there. But, no. But, but you, you... And you'll probably have the same from OSV. I don't know if every story will be available. Not every story is available on Catholic News Service now. Right. You get a selection. Right. But you'd have to be a subscriber to see every right. news story and to be able to print it. Right. And to be able to print it, correct. Yes. Or to have it be feeding into your website. Was was Catholic News Service, in addition to just Catholics that want that kind of news, was it also a feeder to for, for magazines and newspapers, Catholic magazines yes, and newspapers? Yes, but you would have to pay right. depending sure. on. And actually, we did not continue it with the magazine because honestly, the rates were very high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was similar to... Uh, it was uh, based uh, on your circulation sure. and how many times you printed. Right. Well, if we're in it oh, from 22 to 6 times a year printed, and like we just went to press October 13th with the November-December magazine, there's no way anything could be timely. Right. Uh, I mean, it could be analysis. And we also do provide, um, through Faith Catholic, we provide special reports like... If the Pope issues an encyclical or something, sure. you know, or like the National Eucharistic Revival, right. um, we had a special report in with that, the previous issue, right. and also a, 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 a local story. 
about what's going on. So amazing is very different to plan for. These are all basically stories that are feature that they're somewhat timely, but, you know, if I had to hold a story for two months, it'd probably be okay. Like, let's say I had an extra story for this issue and I couldn't run it. Do I don't try and hold them that long because sometimes they do get out of date and then so you keep checking on things. Your Catholic Herald magazine is not 100% local, but it's very local. Uh, we're most, probably about 70% local. Are most of the Catholic Herald-type magazines that come from Faith Catholic, are they that local in content? It depends on the diocese. Uh-huh. If you have a very small diocese and you just have one person... yeah. Doing it, maybe you have you know two feature and they will, stories. They will, so they might have more content that's provided by Faith yeah. Catholic. Yeah, and I do at times too. Just depending on the. Just depending topic. on how many pages we have, if a story we thought we we're going to do sort of doesn't pan out, then um, you know I might have more room for other. Are most things. of them themed the way you are? You, I mean, uh, you, not all of them. Some. It's really up to the local diocese what they want to do. Explain how that works. You, you have a theme for each magazine. It doesn't mean it's exclusive to that theme. No, but, but we have, uh, uh, like this current magazine, November, December, um, it was about gratitude, but also we combined in there um, uh, hair for God's creation and hair for the environment, which is sort of related to gratitude. Mm-hmm. So we do, but it doesn't mean that every story has to be on that theme. It's just yeah. sort of a, a way to organize it. Yeah. I mean, if something really pressing or timely comes up, I wouldn't say, oh, it doesn't fit under the theme. We can't do it. Right. So. Right. Wow. But I'm lucky. I have some freelancers who do a lot of writing. We have uh, Steve German, who's our main photographer. He's not on staff. But we interviewed he, Steve a you little talked month to Steve. or two ago. Yeah. Does great work. Yes. And um, actually, our cover up this issue, I shouldn't share these secrets, but I guess I will. Um, to get all these people together for the cover. Um, we have uh, Victor from St. Robert Parish, Lucy from St. Philomene Parish, and Herman, who is coordinating the diocese here for creation mm-hmm. action plan. Mm-hmm. We had to get them all together, uh, plus some other people. It was September 9th in winters. It was about <laughs> 105 degrees out there. That was shot at the little park behind the Winters Community Center by the Puda Creek Bridge. Yes. And we're lucky they don't look more sweaty than they do. Yes. I had the Photoshop. We had the Photoshop off beads of sweat off their foreheads. No, not really. Well, you you could have jumped (laughs) off the bridge. Those are the extremes way out there. Down into Puda Creek. (laughs) I felt so bad as people were kind of, you know, they weren't super dressed up for the photos, but. You know, they, were wearing, they weren't, they weren't they in their wearing, shorts and yeah. tank tops either. So it was a little hot out there. I was dying. Well, I had to keep apologizing for, The first week you know, of September, we set not just records for the first week it of September. It wasn't the 116-day, but it was, I think it was the same week. It was the same week, yeah. 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 And we really couldn't shoot, the, well, we could have shot the photos inside, but we wanted to get in the back around the trees and then you look at the so are they right on the pewter creek bridge no they're not on the bridge they're right down below it you can see the bridge up right in where the flag is see up here that's the sure. bridge yeah but then if you look at page 18 you see there um we've got people all outside there we've got people down in the on one of the walkways, and that so those were all shot outside. Well, they could have just. And I have and... to give a medal to every one of the photos, as I was in the shade and I was dying. Well, even the shade was hot that day. But you know the the. Uh, but they the, came it, out nicely. I was really afraid everyone was going to look like they were dripping with sweat, but it didn't come out that way. They could have luckily. just walked down to Pewter Creek and just got in the water. Well, no, they had to own the event with Bishop Soto right after. (laughs) 
I actually, when I arrived at the event, I was so thoroughly, I went in the bathroom and I really, I kind of jumped in the sink and taken a shower. And this was, the, it was the, the that one, hot. The one at the church. It's yeah, 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 yeah. The, I mean, the, the hall. The hall, yeah. yeah. That's a beautiful, you know. Yeah. The, I, I love where that church in Winters is because it's it's almost out in the orchards. You know, yeah. it's right on the edge of yeah, town. Yeah, it's beautiful. On the west edge and of the town. And the old church has been turned into three condos, I think. Oh, has it? The one right on Main. Yeah, that was, just, that was right in the middle of town. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, anyway, I want to thank everyone from the Hereford creation. <laughs> <laughs> they were very in about it. I was the one who was crabby and hot saying, hurry up and take the photos. Well, it's, 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 <laughs> it's wonderful to see the Care for Creation taking off, you know. And, yeah. And, you know, and, and, you know, October is Respect Life Month. And if, if, yes. you, if you look through Lodato Sea, there's a lot. There's several very telling references to to pro life. It's a very pro, oh sure. It's a very pro yeah. life. It's a pro environment. It's a pro everything, but it's very pro life. Yes, and it wraps right into that whole theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot our parishes are doing. I think people will um, be informed reading those and people telling their own personal stories about yeah. how they got involved with yeah. this or why. Very diverse group of people who were into it for different reasons. Sure. Um, one of the main things I, I learned out in doing the story was, um, of course, we've always known our air quality is not good right. here, actually, in pretty much all of the valley, unless you get way up by yeah. Tahoe or maybe Wairika well, or something. A, a and then you stagnant, have wildfire. A lot of stuff. stagnant air in the, in the yeah. valley. Yeah. Just is. But if you, they're doing a lot of, a lot of these parishes and parishioners are very into doing the air quality mm-hmm. monitoring now. Right. Because if you, you, you know, the general reality is if you live in a low income area, you're probably going to be, you're, where you're living is probably going to be positioned closer to where the air quality is not as good because you might have industrial things around truth. you yeah. you yeah. know um if you're living in an aided mansion granite bay you really probably don't have a nothing against granite bay but the reality is you probably don't have an industrial site right within your aided community right. <laughs> i'm guessing yeah. but if you're living in an area you know in sacramento where there's a lot of industry or right. even we have fields around well and, and you've got you know the dust circulating uh, up I, and I, as I, we know that leads to a yeah. lot more health issues for egg people, is, lung is, issues, all kinds of stuff. Egg, obviously, we can't eat without egg, and the, the Sacramento Valley feeds the world. And yes. The, and yet, um, egg, you know, it, like beyond, you know, it kicks up a lot of dust. It, you know, it, it, it uses uh, pesticides. It does It does. I mean, I that, live in the city, or I guess I live a little out of the, the center of the city now because I move, but um, Sacramento is like the dustiest place I've ever lived. And I mean, as far as like dust in your house or in the air, I grew up in San Jose and I don't, even though we had a lot of agricultural fields. They used to in San Jose. Yeah, yeah. And I grew up before all the high tech stuff happened and they got rid of all of the fields. But I really don't remember it being as bad air or dusty. In fact, the air pollution is, I mean, we're better now than it was in the 50s because of everything you know, if you go in L.A. now, it's much better than it was in the 40s or in the 50s. I remember the first time I flew into Los Angeles looking out the window as we were about to land going, what is, is it cloudy here? And it was, it was <laughs> Oh, smog, yeah. You know, and, and that ago before we had the Clean Air Act and, and all that. We have really cleaned up the air tremendously. Yeah. Plus, California. California has a lot of extra stuff right. on our cars. Right. And they, you know, put additives in the gas and things like that. But people kind of forget, or even in the Midwest, I mean, we also have clean, cleaner energy, too. I can remember my mom grew up in St. Louis saying when her my grandfather had to go down and put the hole, yeah. you know, she remembers walking to work in St. Louis and the whole sky was black. Yeah, yeah. yeah so at least, we, you know, we've made great progress well, we're lucky since that those we can, days. I, I, but, I don't know the percentages, but uh, we have a lot of hydropower yeah which is clean and right 
And uh, although it's controversial because people don't like you damming up rivers and things, yeah, you know, but uh, yeah, um, it's it seems as if everything's going to be a trade off of some yeah. kind, yeah, you know. And, but that, so that was one area I really hadn't thought too much about, but the air quality yeah. thing, and you can monitor that, and you can make improvements yeah. to that. But you know, it takes some it takes some doing. But I like the uh, also. We have a story about the event that happened on September 9th and what that was all about. But um, I like the things that, um, as part of the action plan, and this is taken from the from Laudato Si' from 2015, um, Pope Francis. But the, they met, I mentioned the seven goals here. Response to the cry of the earth is a call to protect our common home for the well-being of all as we equitably address the prolonged droughts, wildfires, extreme weather, and other natural calamities. We're certainly experiencing those. The response to the cry of the poor to defend human life from inception to death uh, ecological economics, realizing that the economy is part of human society and affects the ecology of humanity and nature, the adoption of a simple, sustainable lifestyle. I think people are, are really coming around to that. Um, and especially, I see this in younger people. They really are not into, I have to bring, you know, 10,000 pounds of furniture with me every time I move. Mm-hmm. They're really, <laughs> and I think they're into sustainable. And they're into not so much throwaway I know. I know stuff. that uh, my uh, teenagers, who a couple of them have now turned the corner to being 20 or 21. Right. Uh, they have. They are very conscious of that, and they're always always calling you on it, you know. Oh, like, sure. You know, and and that um, they have they're not consumers the way maybe some of us were when we were that age. They're not that asking that. to take the furniture out of your house yeah, or anything. No, you know, and, and yet they, <laughs> they you know, uh, uh, two of, two of them living on their own in college. You yeah, know, and and. Uh, um, Fairly sparsely furnished, you know, and and uh, part of that's economic, no, yeah. no, no question about it, but but part of it is is oh we don't we don't, we don't need all that stuff, no, and and, and they that, don't want to move seems, at all, yeah, and that's well, I know uh, living in a college town, it's it's amazing. Um, I think somebody could make a living on on the day everybody moves out. Oh, sure. There's a lot of good furniture they, out they there. Just, the, Dining know, room sets. The, 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 who's going <laughs> to... Just yeah. look on Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist yeah. or something. I mean, so many of them, yeah. you know, uh, take the train back home or take the bus back home or, or ride with a friend. Most, most, most of them don't have cars. And, you know, they've got... They're moving out of their apartment, yeah. And they got this big couch, and they got a microwave, and they got a TV, right. and they just they just. That's put how it all I furnished them. my <laughs> graduate apartment my second year at school, yeah. as I had borrowed a bed from someone, and someone was give, giving away a fold out couch, so I needed a bed. There yeah, it was. There was. And it just the drawers, and and I just did the senior downsize, so I have half of what I used to have. It's sort of freeing. In a way, yeah. mentally, <laughs> and now I know what I have. <laughs> As it's in a, a smaller place and only in two bedrooms now. But so. is it better for the environment? Uh, that I don't know. I tried to in I tried to recycle a lot of things and a lot of stuff I gave away to people. And I took, like, I gave a huge corner, beautiful desk away to someone that was way too big from where I was moving, and then someone gave me a nice little computer desk from their father who was moving into assistant living. And I said, I'll take that smaller computer desk so it it, it worked, worked all around. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a sort of freeing element to it, I think. And um, in fact, I just heard on the radio the other day that... Um, they may have to shut some um, places that manufacture clothing or um, 
uh, you know, materials and that because people are buying so much used clothing between inflation and people kind of, I mean, I'm not ashamed to say it. I buy used clothing. Well, but that's, that's, that's the other thing. <laughs> it's part of the thrill and the hunt of well, it, too. Well, and that, for a while during the pandemic, there wasn't very much new clothing I think, to I th- buy. I think that's a lot of it. You know, I, I know when we, we've gone on vacation as a family, um, they don't want to know where the restaurant is or the, yeah. or the motel They want to know they, where the thrift store well, they is. They do. They do, you know, and... <laughs> And they, you know, there are a lot of goodwill. I mean, the yeah. name goodwill around, yeah. and people use it like Scotch tape. Goodwill. Where's the goodwill? Store? Yeah. And, or we have those. But, well, I don't know if it's still there. It was in the movie by the the gal who was an alum of St. Francis that was yeah. based on Sacramento. I can't think oh, of yeah, it, but yeah. uh, um, I can't think in the name of it. But part of that was filmed at Thrift Town. Yeah. In Harmite. Oh, yeah, remember course, she moved and she went with her mother to buy her prom dress. That something bird. Yes, if, Lady Lady Bird. Right. No, oh well, we're bad something, on movies. But, on yeah. Movie, yeah, but um, yes, I mean, remember she and her mom went to Thrift Town. Right. It was actually filmed at Thrift Town. And of course, the in Carmichael Vincent Paul, uh, yes, thrift stores. Uh, I remember the thrift stores are booming right now. Yeah, well, and, good and for them. I think you hit on the head. Um, is the th- the thrill of the find that they just they love. <laughs> They love coming home from Goodwill or a Goodwill a thrift store of some kind and saying, look at this, I got a cow jacket, you know. And, oh, my nephews, and, and, and they, like, shop all, I, they shop all thrift. And I said, what would you pay for it? And they said, oh, two fifty, two dollars and fifty cents. Yeah. And it looks like it's been worn once, maybe. In fact, now, you know, I'm sure you know that they're Goodwill boutiques. Oh, sure. Yeah. The one in Davis is yeah. a boutique. That's a boutique now. <laughs> And then you have consignment stores like yes, uh, other things. There's various, but which is kind of higher end. But also, still... people had maybe a little more free time on their hands. I don't know. And actually, a lot of the mainline stores did not have much stock right. because of supply chain right. issues and that. So you hate to see people go out of work because there's no more making of clothes. But right. on the other hand, it's kind of people more environmentally conscious. That they don't need to be buying new stuff right. all the time. So anyway, so anyway, I I hope people will read this because it has um, the other things are after adopting a single, I'm sorry, simple, sustainable lifestyle, ecological education. I think a lot of kids are teaching their parents because they're receiving an education about how do we care for creation, yep. and they're, and then the ecological spirituality. Certainly, Jesus called us to uh, discover kind of the sacramental nature of all things, nature, everything. And then community resilience and empowerment. So those are a lot of things that, you know, and I think each of our, this action plan, you can have Herman on, he would, you know, be able to detail it more. And he's got a great background as an environmental justice advocate and he comes from the perspective of faith also but um each of our parishes can do it differently yeah i mean we've got city suburban rural places that are really being affected by wildfire drought farming areas we're all gonna have to pitch in on this yeah you know you talk about wildfires i uh, having grown up in the valley uh, just we we always had you know forest fires in the summer that yeah. kind of thing but but not it it just really seems in the last five to ten years it's, oh yeah it's, it's like almost become just something that we accept is going and it's happen. sad to see I went at the end of August I went up hiking one day at late and uh, I hadn't seen you know the damage from the Haldor fire. Mm-hmm. I mean, remember they held so it off extensive. at Highway 50 yeah. and it didn't go into Echo Lake, right. but all going into Highway 50 and that. And then a couple weeks ago, I went up to Markwayville overnight to see the fall leaves. Mm-hmm. So I went up Highway 88 right. through Hurtwood and all that, mm-hmm. stayed overnight, and then into Markwayville on 89. I kind of forgot when that fire was, but there's right. a lot of trees. And then they had a slide, and they had a... Um, right. mudslide, mudslide yeah. 
and what that was this summer or right. a month or two ago when we oh when we got that rain in September right. it was right. really odd it was really hot and then we got rain huge rain yeah and I'm that generous. really caused a mudslide on right. 89 yeah. yeah so it's sad to see but I guess this is just the reality we're going to be living with at least uh unless and who knows I uh, mean that you you can go back through time and see there were drought cycles there were sure. wet cycles um you know the 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 in, in our area they like to say sacramento gets uh, approximately 20 inches a year uh which is a combination of 38 one year and 12 the next <laughs> you know i mean or, or yeah sorry to remember yeah. the last time we had 20 yeah it doesn't hit 20 exactly and <laughs> no. and uh um last year believe it or not was almost a normal year in but we only got kind of like two huge storms october and december and and they were huge we had one storm that had over five inches which yeah in one day yeah set the all-time record that was in october i think or maybe the december one it was october Uh, yeah i think it was the 29th of october yeah was right about this time and then and then decent rain in november and december and then it just stopped then nothing and and yeah. so the that you didn't have the snow melt in may coming down and filling Folsom lake and shasta lake and lake oroville and all the other ones uh, um which is has always we've always relied on that being kind of our freezer our, our reservoir if you will sure. all that snow up in the sierra which wouldn't start melting till spring yeah and when spring came this time it, and and when we got the five inches in October, it wasn't falling as snow in the Sierra. It was falling as rain in no, the Sierra. No, it was as rain. Well. Yeah, so it all rushed down at once. Yeah, but. yeah. Well, I'm certainly conscious of it as someone I cycle a lot, and I know I'm much more conscious of it than as I ride in areas. You know, everywhere, everywhere's so dry, right. and I'm you know, gosh, if a little match gets thrown in that field, how am I cycling out of here? You know, I mean, I don't think I would have thought that in my mind five or six years ago, but now I do yeah. all the time. And everywhere is so dry. Yeah, and, um, and the, the, the other thing that it, it's, it's seems more common are urban urban fires. You look yeah. at Santa Rosa, you look at Weed, you look at uh, Paradise, you look at Redding. Right. Uh, I'm missing some, but uh, Vacaville had, had a just on the outskirts but yeah uh, things that you you really you think uh, you you think about forest fires just the word in the forest and, sure and sure maybe there's some cabins and, and and those and and that's unfortunate but actually in big cities like like santa rosa neighborhoods well within the city not in the forest not oh in yeah the hills well the tubs and, fire and and yeah, yeah i mean they and it's very in fact the santa rosa press democrat has been doing a series of articles on how many people rebuilt mm-hmm. and moved back in their same, how many people left. Many but left. one of the main themes is how traumatic it is yeah. for people. Right. I mean, a lot of people, even if they were fully insured or mainly insured, just the trauma of them going back to living there, a lot of people, I don't know that I can handle it. I, I had a classmate not, from yeah. years ago that uh, lost their their home in in that fire in santa rosa and uh you know it, it was sort of you know one of those you you wait a week or two and you don't know you don't know and you race back when they finally open the road and just absolutely nothing. yeah and and they were they were people of means and mm-hmm. i'm sure they were fully insured and and all that but the trauma of it um is got to be overwhelming yeah and i would think it would be on your mind all the time yeah Every time the wind blows. Every time the wind blows. I mean, especially, I'm sort of like that here. Every time the wind blows, I'm kind of like, oh. Especially in a yeah. city. You know, you, you just don't imagine in a city that, that yeah. that's going to happen. Um, right. And yet it's, well, the wind is a huge yeah. contributor to the urban fires because it, spread, it spreads it so fast. Yes. Generally, an urban fire, the fire department gets out there and the one house that's on fire, right. they put it out. Right. Uh, but now we but, have these extreme conditions. Yeah. And the other thing I noticed on my couple recent trips I took was, <coughs> excuse me, just how many dead trees has yeah. in the drought yeah. or eaten by beetles or all of that. Yeah. Or, They're or really clearing out a lot of trees. And, and, yeah. And, and, and then the, 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 the strange thing about the underbrush 
in the forest is it always turns dry in the summer because mm-hmm. we just don't get rain in the summer. That's our normal pattern. And they say even in so in the in the drought years, you've got this tinder dry trees and the, the underbrush, sure. which is now. But they say even in the wet years, there's even more underbrush, right. and by July it's it's, <laughs> it's dry. dry too. Yeah, you know, yeah. so you get it on both ends. Yeah, yeah. So that's our that's kind of a little preview of our hover story. We also have um, some other stories here. What about um, St. Joseph's School in Reading? Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, the people in Reading and beyond are probably aware of this, but uh, the last couple of years, the school there has been um, the recipient of um, generosity from the J.F. Shea Company, John F. Shea, Mm -hmm. and they've always had a presence in Reading as far as instruction, but they have given a very generous donation over the past few years to... um, renovate the whole campus inside outside make it more um up to date as far as stem and yeah yeah. in fact mr shea just died Hmm. a couple weeks ago i believe the funeral was last friday actually at the la cathedral and he gave quietly money to catholic schools throughout the state yeah, I can't remember Did he have a the exact fondness for Reading. Um, I think they'd always had it. He, he uh, always they'd always had an instruction company there. Mm-hmm. In fact, the man who oversaw it with Bill Hopeless, the principal at St. Joseph's School, he's now one of our regional North State directors. But Ed Hernan. He recently retired. He was the point man for thirty-four years of Shea Instruction. In the Reading area. Hmm. So he was the one who worked with Mill and all kinds of parent and student volunteers on a lot of projects. So they've got a brand new renovated campus, new energy, everything. So we've got a story about that. Also a um, story about a family from our St. John the Baptist parish in Chico, uh, the Preciosa family, Mm -hmm. and they told their story of faith and how they're all being welcomed back into the church through a uh, program at St. John the Baptist. It's, um, I believe it's called Families in Christian Initiation. So as you know, there's a lot of families where some of the kids, they might be a blended family. Some of the kids were baptized, some were not. Mm -hmm. Some received the sacrament, some were not. So Lori Smith, Christian Initiation Director at St. John the Baptist, has been working with this family. So they're all coming into the church. Wow. So when they tell their story. Yeah. And um, so there's three children... Um, and I believe they're like seven, let me see, 11 and... 14, nine, and seven. Yeah, 14, nine, and seven. Yeah. So I've given their, well, uh, Abe has their information, so maybe you can have them on the program. And so we've got kind of an interesting issue. Um, and what Tiffany says... Uh, Tiffany Preciosa says, We're all children of God. We are unique, precious, unrepeatable manifestations of God's love. I guess I am learning that. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful words. Yeah. They actually live outside of Chico in Durham. Oh, in Durham? Yeah. Yes. Isn't that a few miles out? A few miles south, yeah. 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 And then also a story that we actually reprinted in the Knights at Columbus magazine uh, about Julio Perez, who's our. Uh, Knights of Columbus at St. Rose Council in Sacramento and how he's helped to revive their council. Very good. Yeah. Okay. Julie, it's a beautiful edition. Yep. As, most as people, ha- I had got mine at home yesterday, so I guess most people shouldn't be getting it or have it already. And of course, and Bishop the digital uh, column, which yes. is always uh, a must read. Right. As well. And um, it'll be, the digital edition will be online on um When's the 28th? Friday? Yes, Friday. Yes, very good. Yeah, good. 
Julie, thanks well, so much. Well, thanks so much. I appreciate it. God bless you and your work, and uh, we look forward to seeing you again soon. Okay, thanks. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more on the Bishop's Hour right after this. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Drop by and shop at their thrift store, a beautiful, beautiful thrift store at 2275 Watt Avenue. Open Mondays through Saturdays from 10 to 8 and Sundays from 11 to 6. They also accept donations at the store, donations of furniture, appliances, clothing, books, everyday household items. Your donations help to fund the many projects of the St. Vincent de Paul Society throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Do such wonderful, wonderful work, and the thrift store is uh, one of the, the ways they uh, raise the funds to help people throughout the diocese, and also uh, many of their clients are able to access the uh, thrift store for uh, items that they need. You can uh, give them a call. They will come pick it up as well, but you can uh, give them a call. They're at 916-972-1212. And remember, again, the thrift store is open uh, seven days a week at 2275 Watt Avenue right here in Sacramento. Well, Bishop Soto refers to Christ the King Retreat Center as the jewel of the diocese, and indeed it is. What a beautiful oasis it is. It's located in Citrus Heights, uh, right in the hustle and bustle of the city, and you feel like you're getting away from it all when you uh, turn off the main road and just uh, uh, come into Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center. Christ the King has served Northern California and the Diocese of Sacramento for over 60 years through parish weekend retreats, individual spiritual direction, and a variety of other programs. For information on all the programs that they offer, including residential programs, give them a call. They're at 916-725-4720, or you can visit them at 6520 Van Maren Lane in Citrus Heights. And we certainly thank uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society and Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center for their fine and long-standing support of the Bishop's Hour. Hello, this is Jennifer Campbell, Director of Trinity Pines Catholic Center. You're listening to the Bishop's Hour with Bob Dunning. Thank you, Jennifer. Thanks for all the great work you do here in the Diocese of Sacramento. Uh, Miriam San Martino joins us, the uh, Director, the Executive Director of Catholic Charities here in the Diocese of Sacramento. Yeah, thank That's you, Bob. That's a big job, over 20 counties. Yeah, we're the biggest uh, diocese here in California, so it's exciting. You know. Yeah. Do you have good tires on your car? I do. <laughs> get around this diocese? <laughs> I do. I'm very excited, you know. I uh, want to make sure to get around before the snowfall. Yes. Uh, visit of our northern partners. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so weird. Uh, you know, last month we had 117 degrees in Sacramento. And, Unbelievable. And yet we're just around the corner is... Is there are a number of counties here in the diocese which will have we held the Winter Olympics in the diocese of Sacramento. <laughs> you know, it's 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 mind-boggling the, it the diversity, and you can also uh, swim in salt water in the diocese <laughs> of Sacramento. So <laughs> that's the beauty of it, you know. It but really it's also is. the challenge of it. Yeah, yeah, and and I would think with Catholic charities, especially, the needs are so. It's not one size fits all in this diocese. Uh, no, it's each community is unique. Each parish is unique. Uh, yeah, yeah. Different needs, different people, different, uh, just different outlooks on life. Even. Yeah, and you know that thing. That's the approach that we've taken with our Catholic charities. Is you know it has to be very local. It has right. to represent the community that they're right. serving, right. so that they are responsive to the community, the values, you know, and the right. challenges, priorities that that community has. So you have sort of divided it up to a degree. Explain yes. how that works. Yeah. So our um, our larger Catholic charities organizations are divided by the three regions of the diocese. We have Northern Valley Catholic Social right. Services, right, which is uh, pretty much everything north of Sacramento. Right. Then we have our Sacramento Food Bank and Family Services focused here in Sacramento. Right. And then we have Catholic Charities Yolo Solano, which serves Yolo and Solano counties. Yeah. Um, and then we have member agencies um, throughout the diocese, mm -hmm. right? Upper Room Dining Hall, Loaves and Fishes, right. um, Exodus Project. So a lot of our member agencies just cover the uh, the other parts of our diocese right. as well. Right. I, I'm excited about the Exodus Project. I think that's going to bear great fruit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's It's been amazing to see the response uh, from the community, from the parishes, volunteers, the mentors who are mm – -hmm. the mentors are really um, – 
I, I'm amazed by them for them to open up their hearts and just be vulnerable with those who are yeah. re-entering and trying to find a way. These are people re-entering from prison or, yeah. or county jail yeah. um, back in society. And the Exodus Project uses mentors to help them readjust and maybe not fall into the old bad habits. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's amazing to be able to um, commit your life to to walking with somebody who's had a very difficult life already, mm-hmm. you know, and to know that together you're really going to come out more positive. And the, 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 the difficulties in their life are made more difficult now that they have a record. Yes. Um, and they don't, they're very few people getting out with a job already assigned or even many of them a place to live. Yeah. Or, and, and, uh, you can, you can see that why the rate of recidivism is so high is, mm-hmm. is, um, it's it's a it's a real difficult multi-dimensional problem yes. but boy the exodus project uh, uh rabbi seth and and his group are That's really right. working hard at it yeah we're very very proud and um glad to be continuing to support exodus project yeah so the uh hiv aids ministry yeah, that's a, a special ministry of ours. Um, we are here to provide spiritual care, mm-hmm. but also um, meet the, the other needs, right? Mm-hmm. Housing, food, jobs, um, things that are necessary for everyday life. Um, and it really is rooted in, I like to think it's the Good Samaritan Gospel, mm-hmm. right? Where we see um, the Samaritan not asking the person, how'd you end up here or what right. happened? It's, well, you are injured, you are in need. I have to offer whatever I have in my pocket and I'm going to make sure that you're healed right. and move you on to the next step. So um, our ministry, our Catholic AIDS and HIV ministry really does that um, and works with people who are very vulnerable, um, not only physically, right, because of the, the illness, but also trying to make sense of what's going to happen in the future. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, Father John Healy for years was the the director of this, yes. in addition to a million other things he did. But mm-hmm. on, and has passed that on uh, uh, to uh, Richard Hernandez. Yeah, yeah, we're. Um, I mean, again, we're just the minute right that you hear that you find that calling to serve, um, and so it's it's a responsibility for us to make sure that they, we're continuing to be responsive as we're seeing an increase in need. Mm-hmm. Um, and Richard is an amazing advocate. Um, he is able to really understand the challenges, to connect with people, to walk and accompany with them. So um, we're we're very proud of the ministry, and we invite more um, more people to to learn more about it, to join us, and to support. What is the overriding sort of goal or mission of the HIV AIDS ministry? Um, first is to make sure basic needs are met, mm-hmm. right? Um, not having a house to live in um, on top of having HIV or AIDS and the, uh, the threat of becoming homeless, right? How are you going to get your medication? How are you going to have proper right. care for yourself? That's something that we don't want to see happen as much as we can. So, uh, first, meeting those basic needs, but then also getting to know the person. Mm-hmm. What are they going through spiritually, you know, um, and making sure that they feel that they don't feel isolated, mm-hmm. that they are really part of our community, um, that we're here to serve and to, to be with them. So really, it's accompaniment. Is there still a stigma with AIDS? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Whether it's your family who may not understand um, you know, what the illness is about, the, the, the rate of contagiousness, um, a lot of stigma also in the workforce, mm-hmm. you know, um, and also just getting a house or sure, being sure. a roommate, right? That's, right. that's going to create a lot of concern, especially if the, the other person isn't well aware, uh, of really what this is all about. Right. Um, so awareness is also a piece, but making sure that the person that comes with us with the need is served and is respected. And, is it always in need of funding? Always. Yeah. Yeah. I know um, uh, Father Healy would, he'd have a fundraisers all, you know, dinners <laughs> and uh, some of which we attended and he always had great entertainment there and uh, he was he <laughs> was a master at that. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, we're seeing, you know, with the economy, with inflation, what we're seeing with the housing market, um, I think every... Uh, we're just seeing the need grow in, in every aspect, in every ministry. And, and this is a very special ministry where we're seeing that as well. Yeah. How can people get involved in that? Yeah. So if, uh, for support, for monetary support, they can go onto our Dawson website. Mm-hmm. 
um, under the Catholic Foundation, we do have right. a special link that you can um, send donations directly online. And they can earmark it. Yes. Yeah. 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 And also, if you know you just want to drop off a check here at the diocese, mm-hmm. we're more than welcome to to get to know you, get to know why you you know you want to support this ministry, and also let you know how um, the funds really go to support directly, uh, folks. Great. I always tell people if you want to donate cash, give it to me, and I'll make sure it gets, <laughs> it gets to the right people. <laughs> I like it. I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna take that on, Bob. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Well, no, it's a it's a wonderful ministry, and it it, it just uh, I'm such a. I know it was real close to Father Healy's heart, and mm-hmm. he put a lot into it. And I know that Richard has is, is picked up the flag and is running with it. Yes, yes. So we want to keep keep that flag going. Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, a free DACA, DACA renewal workshop, October 28th. Yes. Um, our Actually, two Catholic charities are partnering on this, and we're very mm-hmm. excited, right? Because, again, this is what we're here for. We provide hope. And so we have Northern Valley Catholic Social Services and Catholic Charities Yolo Solano teaming up to provide a free DACA renewal workshop. So for those who um, already have DACA status and need to renew their work permit um, and their status, this is going to be a free workshop again, uh, yeah, like you're saying, on uh, October 28th, and this is going to be in Corning. In the North Valley. Yes, yeah, um, Immaculate Conception Church, mm-hmm. um, and so we're going to have the flyer available. You can also call our office, um, but basically bringing your documents. Um, we're going to have immigration attorneys, but also um, accredited representatives available to help, um, and there is a phone number to call to get an appointment uh, or to get more information, and that number is 530-824-4039. And people need uh Two photos, passport photos. Um, uh, their previously submitted DACA application, mm-hmm. employment authorization document, uh, card work permit, passports, current and expired, social security card, California state ID if they have one, uh, previous travel documents, and any other immigration documents that they have. So what what is the status of a, of a DACA person now? So um, the DACA program in and of itself, the status is the same. So it's deferred action, right? So it's the government's promise not to um, begin deportation actions against the person who has DACA status. Um, unfortunately, the DACA program is not receiving any new applicants. Right. So right now, we're, uh, it's very important to preserve your DACA status because there is no opportunity to apply again. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, for those who do have DACA, I mean, this is an opportunity to to work and to provide for your family, to have a house, to have food, everything that we need. And so it's very important to renew on time. And this is why our Catholic Charities are very committed to working together and providing the service completely free. Um, the applicant does is responsible for the filing fee, however. And, and some of these people have been here since they were very young. Yes. Um, this is the only country they know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I would include myself in that category, I came when I was a year and a half, mm-hmm. um, and so I, I love being in the United States. This has afforded me so many opportunities, and um, to sit with a family, with a person, especially now that they have a family um, that came, like you said, doesn't know any other country. This is their home, yeah. um, and they want. They've been very productive members of society. They want to see their family thrive here. Um, this this program provides a really good opportunity to be self sufficient. Is is it in danger? Um, it's in litigation at mm-hmm. all times. Uh, yeah, at all times, yeah. <laughs> and so it, it is always uh, at risk, we would say. And so the more that you can get your renewal application in, the fastest you can do it, the better, so you can preserve your right to, to have that work permit. Is Catholic Charities also provide immigration services, uh, English language classes, things like that? Um, the, the Catholic charities don't provide, um, like naturalization classes Mm -hmm. or English classes, but they do help with, um, filing of the application. Um, all three Catholic charities agencies have a grant that allows them to provide these services for free for low income folks. Mm -hmm. Um, again, just facilitating the ability to get that status. Um, and each one really offers different classes, so it's best to just contact the local Catholic charity to see if the programming is still available. But for immigration legal services, all three are offering it at this time. Very good. Yeah. And you, you mentioned uh, 
We only got a couple of minutes. Deacon Education Day? Yeah, I was so happy to share uh, this past Saturday um, afternoon. I spent with deacons and their spouses, um, and we talked about advocacy ranging from the We Were Born Ready campaign mm-hmm. uh, from the Catholic Conference, the No on Prop 1 campaign as right. well, which, I mean, we're seeing a lot of response, and we're very hopeful that we'll be successful on No on Prop 1. So please keep sharing No on Prop 1 with your family and, and friends. I noted that a, 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 the polls say, n- not necessarily that Prop 1 is going to fail, but that the, it's trending that way, that the, the numbers are moving that way. Yes, yes. So keep praying, keep sharing that information. Uh, it's coming up quick. Yes, um, it is. Well, some people are already voting. Yes, course, yes. Since, since the 11th, I think, of October. Yeah, so it, it's it, uh, it's in our prayers for sure. Um, and then we also talked about legislative um, advocacy team that our deacons mm-hmm. have, building those relationship with um, congressmen and assemblymen uh, and women to make sure that, we, that they understand what the needs are of their constituents, what right. are the concerns. Um, and then we also talked about local advocacy. Mm-hmm. And we actually did an exercise where we uh, advocated for foster care programs and we went through learning about families uh sitting with your county supervisor so we're very excited very good well miriam always a joy to see you thank you Uh, i know your plate's very full (laughs) (laughs) uh the 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 need never never ends does it no no and i'm happy to do the work i know you are i know you are (laughs) thanks for all you do thank you and uh um, we'll look forward to seeing you again soon thank you bob thanks so much that's going to do it for us for today thanks for listening everyone god bless We'd like to thank all the wonderful people and organizations, uh, businesses in town uh, and throughout the Diocese of Sacramento who have provided underwriting for the Bishop's Hour. Uh, Some in the last few years, some uh, have been with us for a very long time. If you would like to be an underwriter for the Bishop's Radio Hour, uh, it's a wonderful opportunity to to support this mission and also to support the diocese and also uh, to get some uh, recognition for uh, your organization or for your business. The easiest way to do this is to uh, give us a shout, send us an email, radio at scd.org, and we can give you all the details about Uh, helping to underwrite the Bishop's Radio Hour. Again, that's radio at scd.org. Empty hands held high Such small sacrifice Joined with my life I sing in vain tonight May the words I